Hello, gorgeous friends, and welcome to the Embracing Enough podcast. You know, I've always said that women and girls have some incredible stories to tell. And that's what we do here. We share our stories in order for others to feel seen, heard, and hopefully less alone. This is your host, Dina Skippa, founder of Enough Labs, and I am so excited that you're here. And this is our fourth season. I still can't believe it. When I started out this podcast, I had no idea of the types of stories that we would tell, and even more, the impact that we would have. And here we are, continuing to have some much needed conversations around our enoughness, our confidence, and how to own our truth. This season, well, we're doing things a little differently, choosing to shine a spotlight on those who are brave enough to be called a disruptor. We're going deep with folks who have chosen to disrupt things for the better, even if it meant that they had to be the blueprint to do it. It's gonna get real over here, but the hope is that you walk away from each episode feeling more inspired to be a disruptor yourself, whatever that looks like for you, all while embodying the essence of joy, courage, and permission. Listen, I've been on my own journey of embracing my own enoughness, for a very long time. And this season, it just feels like perfect timing to unpack what being a disruptor looks like and how it connects to our own personal definitions of confidence. Let's get into it. Hello, and we are back with another exciting episode of Embracing Enough, the podcast brought to you by Enough Labs. It's your girl, Dina, and I am so excited to be sitting down with Michelle Madrid. As in typical, you know, in these times, I met Michelle over Instagram. (laughs) And I've been enamored with her story ever since, and I am so excited that she can join us She's agreed to join us for season four of Embracing Enough, where we were all, we were talking about the importance of being a disruptor. Michelle has absolutely been a disruptive force in the best of ways. So first of all, thank you, Michelle, for agreeing to be with us on the podcast and to share your story. Uh, Thank you so much, Gina. I am so super honored to be here. It was an automatic yes, all caps. And I must say, I love how you say it's your girl, Dina, because every time I see you on social and you say that, I literally say back, it's my girl, Dina. <laughs> well, that's that's the vibe I'm trying to create <laughs> for sure, because it's true. It. It's So, well, let me give the listeners a little bit of insight into who you are, because obviously I feel like I know you, even though we've met on social media. Michelle Madrid is an adoptee empowerment life coach and creative who believes you've got to heal your life and build your dreams from the inside out. I couldn't agree more. Michelle is an author, a speaker, and an igniter, which we're gonna get into in a few minutes. She resides right outside of LA near Malibu. She's a proud mom and animal lover, dog mom specifically, which I love, and an equestrian, and shared with me that she feels that horses have absolutely saved her life, which we wanna hear more about. 
Michelle is the author of a forthcoming book, Let Us Be Greater, which we're going to hear about. She has such a powerful story. We obviously connected through social media, but we also have another connection in common, which is we both pursued, and obviously you're on the on much further along in the process than I am, but getting our books out into the world uh, through Rochelle Fredson, her book proposal blueprint process. So, so excited to have you here with us. Michelle, you know here at Embracing Enough, we're all about having women in particular share their stories. And so I feel like there's no better place than to start off with your very powerful story. Tell us a little bit uh, about yourself. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for all of that. Um, well, you know, I would have to start way back in England. I was born in the United Kingdom and I was um, a child born to parents who had had an affair. My mom in England uh, was married and had three children. At the time she was carrying me and my father um, was a Spaniard and they met and um, had an affair and I was the product of that affair. I was ultimately placed in foster care in the United Kingdom. And it was inside foster care as a little one. I actually think, you know, Dina, it was before I ever took my first breath that I was judged and labeled and tagged as, you know, a child who was unwanted. And inside of foster care, those labels got placed onto paper inside of my files. And my social workers called me difficult to place um, strange looking, unwanted, illegitimate. And even as a young, young, young one, those labels stuck with me. I, I just think they adhered themselves to my spirit because they were written about me, but they were also spoken about me in my presence. Um, and I really believe that I was placed into the situation where my purpose for myself was early on to try and figure out who I was beyond those labels and to find a sense of worth when so much of my early story made me feel so worthless. Um, so I was in foster care and ultimately adopted by Americans, a mother and a father who had two sons and my mother you know, desperately wanted a daughter they had the opportunity to adopt me while they were living in the United Kingdom. And um, that should be it, right? That should be the happy story. I was adopted into a family, I had a forever family, forever home, and happily ever after. Only, that's not quite the way it always works with adoption. Families are complicated, families are real, families have scars, parents have scars of their own. They're on their own individual journeys. And I grew up in a household with an alcoholic father and, um, and a mother who was really trying to hold it all together. And I sort of became her focus um, and her outlet and her lifeline in many ways. And um, I, I remember growing up really feeling like, you know, my bio father left and my adoptive father left me emotionally. I just felt like I didn't have a father figure to, um, to lean on. And beyond that, my, my adoptive father was, was not physically abusive, but verbally abusive and told me quite often um, about 
my lack of worth because I looked a certain way. I was a darker kid. I stood out. I had brown eyes. My family had blue eyes. I had dark hair. They had light hair. You know, I, I, I stuck out as being, um, you know, I often got the questions, well, how did you get here? You know? And so I grew up with a lot of scars and a lot of bruising from all of that. And I think it wasn't until I went to college where I began to explore deep within myself what it meant to be me and I had this feeling I think even when I was a kid that there was some light inside of myself I didn't know how to turn it on I didn't know how to ignite it and I didn't want to live my life in the dark I didn't believe that that's why I was here but for a long time I did do what you do when you feel so worthless I just wanted to get smaller and smaller and smaller and dim that light so I didn't have to deal with my own feelings or the fear of rejection that was so pervasive in my life um, moving forward I you know went to college went to grad school uh, became a, a television news journalist entered that world um, did that for a while um, about 12 years and ultimately started a family and um, there was a moment during that career where I realized I was doing something I was really good at, but I wasn't quite sure it was my purpose. And um, I left that, took a brave step to leave that world and that identity to really find myself. And it took me um, taking that free fall out of everything that I told myself or uh, that I was or who I was and started to unpeel the layers of what it really meant to be me and I desperately wanted to find that girl. And that's been the journey that I've been on um, for several years now as I've you know, raised my kids and begun to do the work of helping other women who feel wounded by abandonment, rejection, relinquishment, those, those things that make us feel so unseen, unheard, and unknown. Because I think the greatest journey is to find ourselves, to come home to who we really are, and ultimately to learn the lesson of the greatest abandonment is when we leave ourselves, when we abandon ourselves. And so I made that commitment, Dina, that I would never do that, that anything and everything in the world could leave me, but I would never, ever, 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 ever again leave myself. And so that's where I am today, at a place where I'm really happy to be me, unapologetic, and doing work that I think matters in the world, and that's why each and every one of us is here. If I wasn't obsessed with your story before, I am definitely obsessed with it now. Thank you so much for taking us through that, and just, I feel so honored, as I'm sure every listener does too, of just getting to see you inside of Thank it all. You. Thank you. I used to hide from it. I used to think, that my story was my weakness, you know, and I didn't want to face it. I did a lot of avoiding of those places that seemed so honestly um, embarrassing to me, yeah. you know, like, I don't want to talk about that. You know, what will people think? And then I started to ask myself, well, what do I think? What do I think about my story? What if I got curious about my story and asked questions? Mm. What if I listened for answers? What might that look like for me? And it's been the most freeing path of just becoming who I am and loving me, finally loving me, this person that I see in the mirror every day, this person who I touch when I'm in the shower, you know, I, I want to know her, I want to love her, I want to have fun with her, and um, 
that's just been the journey and it's been hard and it's been long, mm. but whoa, it's been, it's been worth it. <laughs> I can relate to so many things you've shared. And I think it's just not only is the story of where you come from, what you've been through, how you've had to go through this process of, I feel like the only word that I can put to it right now is excavation of getting to the core of who you are and doing the bravest thing ever, which is to love you, love yourself exactly as you are. I mean, it brings up all of these associations with enoughness, obviously, but also just the the truth, the radical truth of who you are. And, you know, I, I said to you before we hit record that I wanted this season to be anchored in this theme of disruptors, because not only are guests like you invited onto the show to talk about how you're disrupting things in your own industry or area but it's also how we can go through this process of disrupting our own thought patterns our own story and so i'm just curious to kick it off when i asked you to be on the show and i told you that the theme would be disruptors what is it what did it mean to you what do you feel like a disruptor is oh i love that word (laughs) number one i just have to jump right in there and say I don't think, and I, I actually was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at my notes because mm-hmm. I believe, and I, I not just believe, I know a hundred and a gazillion percent that we are here as human beings to evolve. And that means we have to do the hard hitting work of building the muscles that we need to build in order to move into the next version of ourselves, right? The version I was 10 years ago of me is not the same woman I am today, and that's okay. I had to move through that version of myself to get to where I am today. So we're here to evolve, to awaken to the truths that are waiting for us to awaken to, the ones that keep tapping, hello, you know, I'm here. Do the work, the excavating, that you, you just used that word, by the way, that's, that's a big part of my new book. I use the word excavation, so that's so cool. Um, but we are here to disrupt, to awaken, to disrupt in order to ascend. Now, I say that because when I look at the word disrupt, UP is right there smack dab in the middle, up. So when we are willing to disrupt our own thought patterns, our own um, patterns of behavior, the way we look at the world, et cetera, I believe it helps us to move into that next version of ourselves as we ascend upward into who we are here to be. So I love the word disrupt. It is um, something I believe that creates radical change through innovative means and we have to be innovative in our own healing I talk about that in the new book as well I want to be innovative in my healing I want to do things differently I want to find the path that best serves me to becoming all I'm here to be and that requires disruption I love that how aligned is it that we're using a word excavation that's part of you know this whole story and this whole I mean, vision that is coming to life. What I think is so interesting too is the way that your story that you were telling yourself for so long was also an inflection point that got to be disrupted. Uh That you you talk about that voice inside of you that Uh is continuously trying to get your attention and you always have a choice. Am I gonna listen to it or not? (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I, I've said this before. I mean, 
you were just talking about you we need to be really innovative in our healing and what comes to me in terms of how i'm exploring this definition of what a disruptor is for me the word that comes to mind is blueprint you are the blueprint for your healing for the way that your unique voice and approach and perspective gets to be used in the world and there's I often get really cringy around the way that coaches or people will, uh, you know, who are out there working in this space who try to be prescriptive, formulaic, like this is what you have to do. And it's so particular and so unique to one's own journey that I just think you are modeling that really beautifully, that you get to be your own blueprint and it's inspiring others. To me, the, the, the way that you call yourself an igniter in, in the darkness just, it rings true and it's perfect. So I, I wanna hear though, like if you could take us back to the moment, you're working in broadcast journalism, in this career, following the steps that perhaps felt somewhat expected of you, um, and then answering this call to do something entirely different. Um, how did you know that that was the next step? Mm. Yeah, I love what you talk about with the blueprint because mm. it is so true. We are the blueprint. Uh, we create the blueprint for our life. And if, and if it's not bringing you what you deserve, if your blueprint isn't moving you along to the, your highest level of good, what you're here to do and how you're here to serve in this world, you really have to bring that blueprint back out and go, what do I need to change? You know, what room do I need to move? Where do I need to expand? What can I get rid of, etc.? Um, and I have definitely looked at my blueprint a lot and I continue to bring it out all the time and say, you know, where am I at? Where do I need to be? Is this, is this moving me in that direction? Um, when I was in television news, listen, in seventh grade, I, I said in my seventh grade annual, I wanted to be a television news journalist. And I did. And it was a remarkable career. I learned so much about connecting with people and telling story and, you know, bringing visuals in to enhance the story and all of that. But what I also learned about myself as I was moving along in that career and like on the ladder and this is where I'm going is that I was a hurting woman. And it didn't matter if the show was number one or, you know, if I was nominated for an Emmy, I still felt really bad about myself inside. And I began to go, hmm, what's that all about? I, I don't feel enough. There's nothing out here that is making me feel enough in here. And I gotta change that blueprint because I'm looking for outside validation. I'm not trusting my own intuition even. I'm going outside of myself to say, what do you think about this? Would this be good for me? Instead of stopping and saying, what do I think? I was asking everyone and everything outside of myself, what do you think? Even to the point when you know, I can remember as a, as a teenager going to spend time with my biological mom in England and I was at a point in my life where I, I felt like she was the one to give me my identity. She was the one to answer that question and to, to hand that to me on some silver platter. And I desperately needed her to validate me and call me her daughter and love me in the way that I felt I needed to be loved by her. And we were in her garden one day and a neighbor came from across the street and she said, well, who do we have here? And my mom said, 
and she got really nervous and I, I remember it like it was yesterday and she said oh this is Michelle she's a relative from the United States and in that moment I, I crumbled into a million pieces inside because what I wanted her to say was this is my daughter and I'd love for you to meet her. You know, this is Michelle. My name had been changed from Julia Dawn to Michelle in the process of being adopted. But I so wanted my mom to, in that moment, claim me as her daughter. And it wasn't something she could offer me. And as I grew, I would go back, as I matured, I would go back to that moment because it was a deep, deep wound inside of myself. And I recognized that I was asking my mom, my biological mom, to offer me something that she couldn't give. And I had to begin giving to myself what I needed. And I think that was the moment when I became a disruptor. And I recognized in my television news career, getting back to that, that I might be in the career, not that it was for a bad reason, but I was so desperate to be seen and cherished and adored and wanted. You know, when they change the channel and they let you, you know, a viewer lets you into their living room, you're wanted, right? You're needed, right? You're trusted, right? They know who you are. They see you. I didn't see myself. I didn't trust myself. I didn't want myself. I didn't love myself. So it was no wonder that I still felt really bankrupt inside, even though I had a successful career. And the greatest thing, the greatest gift I could give myself was to muster up the bravery to step outside of that and finally find me step away from all the accolades and all the things I thought that I needed to be accepted and to be valid in this world and to truly find myself, to strip myself down naked and raw and finally know this woman. And it, it, it was scary. It was the greatest gift. And it was, a, it was disrupting. Everyone in television news said, what are you doing? You're ruining your life. And I remember saying to a news director, no, I think I'm saving it. And it doesn't have to make sense to anyone else but me, but I'm leaving. And thus was the first step on the path to finding me. I'm grateful that I did it. I don't regret one second of the lessons I learned while I was in that particular career. But again, Dina, it was another version of me. And it was a version I needed to disrupt to become the version of me that sits here right now speaking with you. I am at a loss for words. I just have to be honest. That was such a beautiful testimony. Thank like you. just so powerful. Thank you. It's just true. You know, I, I think it's, it's, you know, we so search for things and people and circumstances and moments outside of ourselves to give us a sense of power, a sense of direction, a sense of clarity about who we are. Mm. And I was, the, you know, my goodness, I was the ultimate people pleaser because I thought that if I didn't please, I would be sent back to where I came from and I needed to please my mom and I needed to be this perfect daughter. And you know what? It was never enough. It was never enough. Part of the and problem was, with people, yeah. part of the problem with people pleasing is that you think if you stop doing the things, that people are giving you so much praise around that the second you stop, you won't matter. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and the I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I, I am absolutely a recovering people pleaser and perfectionist. I say it all the time. And, and a lot of that search and chase for the validation and praise is because you can't have you. There's an unwillingness to be with yourself and recognize that you have everything you need within you to give it to yourself. But you're so caught up in looking for it in every single nook and cranny that's outside of you. And that's what self-abandonment is. Yes, that's the ultimate abandonment. That is truly walking away from everything, your God-given gifts, your knowing, this intuition, this heart space, your heart that knows so much, your gut space that knows so much. You know, yes, we need to control the mind, right? Because the mind can carry us into a a downward, you know, spiral that can really end up in non-productive yeah. things, right? We can really get caught up in, in the mind. But when we remind ourselves that we can drop down into this beautiful heart space and this gut knowledge, I mean, this gut is, you know, there's, you know, trust your gut, right? How many times have we been told that? But it is so sh- true. And I, and I, I'm not saying it's not difficult. It is hard because the world tells us that we got to rely on everything else outside of ourselves. But truth be told, we need to be the first person we please when we get up in the day. We need to ask, what do I need? What do I want? Because when you fill yourself up, you know, you can say, um, I, 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 um, I have different roles in my day or, you know, um, I have different titles. I wear many hats. I like to say, I have an abundance of expression and various expressions of who I am. And if I don't get up in the morning and do what I need to do to fill myself up with those expressions, I can't offer myself in a, in a beautiful, easy flowing way to those around me and to the passions I hold and the way that I'm here to serve. So I want to fill myself up to overflow with the expressions of who I am. I can't get to know those expressions without sitting in stillness and asking for guidance and trusting that I have, you know, guides, a God who created me, spirit guides who love me, ancestors who are cheering for me. I believe in all of that because it's just been proven to me that it's true. You know, I I didn't do the thing. My adoptive mother used to say to me, I think you need therapy. Now, I did go to therapy but my family didn't go to therapy. I mean, I had a father who was an alcoholic and a mother who was emotionally uh, wrecked. Um, and I, I didn't go to therapy until I was uh, a young adult. And I went and I still felt like for me, now this is just for me, there was something missing. And what was missing for me was the trust within myself. I had a serious distrust of my own voice, of my own wisdom. Um, and I started exploring alternative modalities of healing. And you talk about the blueprint. I started creating a blueprint of healing that felt good and right and whole and healthy for me. And I believe we need to trust ourselves more in that because healing isn't just this one path. Yeah. We are individual human beings, individual women with different experiences, perspectives, knowing we have, you know, these ancestral lines and, and their stories and all of that is woven into who we are today, whether we realize it or not. 
passing on of ancestral trauma, I think, is real. Um, and I just decided I was going to change that blueprint and I was going to be the one to heal, you know, the, the generations behind me and the generations before me, uh, coming, coming after me, I was going to be that person. And the trauma would stop here with me and I would change the blueprint in order to make that happen. And so, you know, the work is, is, is beautiful and it's hard and it's messy and it's amazing. I think we have to trust ourselves in knowing that we can choose what helps us individually in in healing those places that are waiting to be healed so that we can emerge better and greater. Well, I feel like that's a perfect segue Mm. to ask about a question that I know I'm dying to ask. And, you know, thank you for just being so generous with your insights. This is obviously it speaks volumes to the care and attention that you've devoted to your healing, to your excavation, which I think is so beautiful. And I'm, I mean, I'm having all these thoughts around like with your work and your own journey, like why do you think it's so hard for women to trust themselves beyond, you know, the fact that we're conditioned from an early age to trust everyone outside of ourselves. Do you think there's something deeper of why we struggle with this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, it was fear. Yeah. Fear of what, you know, might be lost. Mm. If I stood up into the disruptor part of who I am here to be. Um, if I disrupted my life, my beliefs, if I disrupted the narrative that had been giving me You know, growing up, I was always told, oh, you're so lucky that you were adopted. Just be grateful. My my mom used to say to me, why do you need to know about your past? Um, I saved you from all of that. Just be grateful. And what she didn't realize is I needed to grieve. I needed to grieve what had been lost. And that is okay. We all need to grieve what's been lost in our lives, no matter if we think it's a small thing or a big thing. Those losses matter. And we need to feel them in order to heal those places. And so I think there's, for me, there was a fear of feeling what I needed to feel in order to heal. And I would stop myself and I would avoid it and I would do other things and tell myself I really didn't need to do that. You know, I I was fine on my own. Look at me, you know, but I wasn't fine. I was sad and I was hurting. And I think the moment came when I said this feeling or these feelings that I'm having that are painful, that are, that are causing me to suffer, what is it gonna be like? Number one, what has that, how has that impacted my past, my present, and my future? And then, what if I was able to shift out of that? What if I was able to transform this pain, these points of pain into points of light? What would my life look like now mm. and in the future? Mm. What would my relationships look like? And am I not worthy of that? Am I not worthy of living from a point of light versus a point of pain? The pain is here to teach us something and I'm not disregarding that. Um, But I, I think that if we can understand the bravest thing we can do for ourselves is look at the pain and disrupt it and transform it into a point of light um, this is the greatest thing that we can give to ourselves as as people and as women 
and to focus in on what might be gained if we do the work of looking at the pain mm. instead of maybe focusing on what might I lose, what might be lacking in my life if I hone in and focus on the pain, mm. um, if I become a disruptor, what might be gained? You know, it's like ask a quality question, you'll get a quality answer. Couldn't what agree might more. Be gained, right? Yes. What might I gain in my life if I disrupt the things that are holding me back? And start writing those out. Write those out. Well, you started writing them out. You have a disruptive voice. You were brave enough and bold enough to disrupt your own thought patterns, the story that you'd been telling yourself for so long and disrupting the path that you thought, that people thought you were crazy for abandoning. Talk to us about the, the very project that you've been working on that we're so excited to be able to see from you very, very soon. Let Us Be Greater, your book. How does this feel just tell us about it what what can we expect what are you feeling in allowing your own journey of disruption to be shared with the world oh i feel truly blessed and we were talking earlier it's been a long journey yeah. you know i was telling you you were know, talking about different versions of, of ourselves and doing the work um, of, of becoming more and stepping into the next version of who we're here to be as women, um, as human beings, as souls, you know, in this physical experience. Um, this book has been an evolution and evolving. And the book proposal that ultimately has become this book and the woman I am today, this version of me, the universe just guided us together. And, and it happened in the most beautiful way. And I'm very honored. I'm just deeply honored to use the experiences, the story, um, what I've learned, the lessons of this journey thus far in my life and compile it in, in this book, Let Us Be Greater, to help those who have experienced loss in their life, rejection, abandonment, displacement, you know, to come back home to themselves. And do the excavation work to go deep to dig to let's dig together let's dig down deep and turn those points of pain into points of light and that's really about what this book uh, this that really is uh, what this book is is um honed in on is really a guided path to healing your life um as as adoptees but i think there's a whole lot in there beyond the adoption of conversation because we can all say we've experienced loss and rejection and moments where we have felt so small and moments that have caused us to dim our light and you know golly we are not here to live our lives on dim we are here to shine the brightest light um, and we each have that inside of us and and i think it's just really painful to live your life um, in the inside of the shadows. I did that for a long time. I knew I was a secret to many people. Um, you know, I, I knew that there were people out there I was biologically related to who didn't even know I existed. And I thought, well, I just have to dim my light. That's just, that's just my journey. I just have to sit here with my lights on dim. And that never worked for me. And so I, you know, did that work. I've, and I still do that work every single day how can i shine my light the brightest and the best 
here today? And how can I, you know, let that light, you know, fall on another who feels alone and isolated right here and right now because of these experiences mm. of, of abandonment and, and loss. And it's such a primal thing. Um, but this book lays out soul work modalities to help you get to know yourself, to help to see you, to see yourself as the hero of mm. your life. We are the heroes of our life. We can heal our lives. We can emerge. We can reframe and we can overcome any pain. Um, that is that is my message to you and to everyone listening today. Thank you for hearing me when I say we can do it. You can do it. Um, and you are enough. And the things that have happened to you in your life don't make you damaged goods. I used to think that I was just damaged goods. I'm not. I'm not. I'm filled with goodness. And my purpose is to share that goodness. And that, I think, is the purpose of each and every one of us. So this book um, will be released in October. And um, Let Us Be Greater is the mantra. We can be greater than the pain. In fact, we must be. Because if we don't do that kind of work, then we'll never realize the most illuminating version of who we are here to be. And that is what we must do. Imagine, Dina, if each of us would do this work and shine our light in the most brilliant way possible, what would this, what would planet Earth look like from space? Michelle, you know, <laughs> I say it all the time. The planet would look like a completely different place. Oh yeah. my God. Oh my God. Yeah, that's, that's the vision I hold. Yeah, same. And I, I want to do my part, right? Yeah. We want to do our part yeah. because it takes each and every one of mm -hmm. us. But we got to get brave and say, you know, I'm not going to let the, the broken bits of my mm -hmm. story keep me down. I'm not going to do that. I deserve more. You deserve more. Yeah. We deserve more. And you know what? We are all hungry. Someone out there listening who feels like, ah, I, I just don't think, I, I think my story is too broken. I want you to know I'm hungry for your story. I need your story. I need you to come out and speak your truth. I need you to do the excavation work. I need your story. Someone out there right now is hungry for what you have to give them. Someone's hungry for what you have to feed them. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, I will tell my uh, coaching clients you know what, you have every, you touched upon this earlier, you have everything you need to heal your life right here and right now, and it starts inside of you, a beautiful, beautiful place inside of yourself. It's a wealth of wisdom we have, and we don't want it, we think that the brokenness takes away from the wisdom, right? Oh my goodness, it only builds upon the wisdom. You go inside of yourself internally and listen to that voice, the wisdom is going to start spilling out and you'll be amazed at how brilliant you are. You're brilliant. We got to believe in our own brilliance. We have to, even when it scares us. Because I want to be clear as we close out this episode and this conversation that I do not want to end because I'm just loving every part of it. But there'll be more opportunities when I go yes. to Malibu and meet your horses. It'll be exciting. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Just just that, I, I don't want to sugarcoat this, like someone who is either choosing to be a disruptor in their own thought patterns or even doing something 
you know, massive and, and different in terms of their career. Wherever you find yourself, I don't want to sugarcoat this like it's easy and that it doesn't take significant thought and care to really look at what story do I really want to tell? Who is the realest, most honest, rawest version of myself that I get to meet in spite of the fear, in spite of all of the things that have held me back? And it takes real courage. It takes real, uh, this real unapologetic fierceness to step into that. I don't, I don't want to, I, I just, as we close out, I don't want that to feel like it's a small thing. That every no. step closer to, to getting to that version of you, it should be celebrated. Because I know none of it's easy. But Absolutely. God, it's so worth it. And Absolutely. so necessary. And I- yeah, and it, it, it is so messy. And it, it, you know, healing is messy. It's not linear. You're going to take one step forward and two steps back. And, you know, there will be days where, like me, you stand in the shower and cry. Um, when you find a part of yourself that you really need to look at. And, you know, I, I learned how to embrace even the parts of myself that weren't so pretty, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> just that's, like That's what embracing I, enough means to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's standing with yourself with all the parts that aren't pretty or are messy and inconvenient. Yes, and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's how do you, you how do you build a muscle? Well, you you break that muscle down and it grows, but it hurts and it's painful. And I think we, if you can look at it in in those terms, mm-hmm. it's it is painful and it is hard. And I don't want to sugarcoat that. Sometimes I can speak kind of poetically. My my biological mother was a poet and so I think that runs through my veins a bit but no it is hard work but it's it's like you said Dina it is a worthy work and I think loving ourselves enough and being showing up as our own best friend girl I got you I got you and I see all that you're capable of you know when I held my daughter I have a daughter who's adopted from Ethiopia when I held her in my arms for the first time in Addis Ababa I could see, even though she was this little tiny, frail baby, I could see all the potential and worth that she possessed. I saw it all in like an instant as I held her. But it was a moment when I realized, I can see all of this in my daughter. Why can't I see this in myself? And I realized that I had been living, I self-diagnosed myself as just failure to thrive. And... I didn't want to live like that anymore. I certainly didn't want to be that kind of example for my daughter. Mm. And I wanted to do the hard, messy, grueling, uncomfortable work of finding me and and growing as a woman and becoming that strong, you know, woman that I know is down here inside of me. I want her to shine. And so the work is hard, but you're worth it. The work is grueling, but you've got this. Yeah. You do, and, I, and, and I'm not sugarcoating it when I say that. It's just I guess I want those listening to understand that I, I believe in you. Good golly, yeah. believe in yourself. And, and you've done it so poetically and so beautifully. And like you said, it's, it's messy, it's uncomfortable, but it's so worth it. And so is every single person listening to this episode and who is going to be lucky enough to hold your book come October 2023. I will be one of them. And I'm just so excited. Let's let's close out today's conversation with just one final question. Okay. 
what excites you the most about 2023 fully embracing this disruptor title and also if you can let us know what scares you Mm. Ooh, that's so good. I feel like 2023 is going to be the year. It's like the tipping point, I think, for the adoptee voice. I think that the adoptee voice is going to absolutely soar in 2023. There has been a lot of silence within our community, and I think it's time for our perspectives and experiences to shine. We need the voices of adoptees inside of this adoption community. Adoption impacts us the most. And so I'm excited about the potential of the adoptee voice to be expanded, illuminated, and elevated in 2023. I'm excited for this book, Let Us Be Greater. And I'm grateful to New World Library, um, who is publishing it. I'm grateful for their care and their attention to the importance of this book. Um, I'm excited about a new website and a new brand that's coming out soon for me where we are going to help women ignite, ignite the very electricity of who they are to plug back into their purpose and their potential. I'm excited for all that's coming up inside of, of that new brand and the coachings and offerings that will be um, um, offered uh, to women. I can't wait to connect with them all. Um, what scares me? You know, honestly, as a mother, this is just on a personal level. I think what scares me is the current uncertainty of the world. And what my kids and so many kids experience each and every day is, um, you know, just the potential for, for, violence or unkindness and um, we're in an interesting time right now I don't want to get deep on that but I just think if I if anything scares me it's probably from that space of being a mother and the uncertainty of of the direction the world is going however I know if we can hold on to our light and you know there's no time more pressing more important more timely than for each and every one of us to do the work of shining our light because light will win over darkness. And so it's, 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 you know, it's doing the work within ourselves personally and all, but understanding that if we shine our light individually and collectively, I think we can overcome a lot of the dark things in, in this world. And maybe that would lessen my, my fear a little bit as a mom. I try not to focus in on fear. I really always try to focus myself on faith. Um, and I think that's key. Mm-hmm. But it, honestly, that probably is the thing that, that scares me. Yeah. And um, again, it goes back to, to light and shining our light. And my goodness, if we do that, what we can overcome will be world transformational. Yes, personally transformational, you know, family transformation, community transformation but world transformation indeed michelle thank you for sharing your light with us we'll share every way that folks can connect with you in the show notes and we cannot wait to read your book in october of 2023 thank you so much thank you i'm so honored to be here and i love you to bits i love you too Hey friend, 
Thanks for listening. I'm so grateful that you took time out of your day to spend some of it with us here. If this show means anything to you, it would mean everything to me if you made sure to rate, review, and follow the show on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Especially, be sure to leave a review and let me know what you thought. I live for feedback. Because even though it's only me and my guest at times speaking into the microphone, into wherever you may be listening, I want this to feel like a conversation. So I want to hear from you. Lastly, be sure to follow Enough Labs on all social media platforms. Because remember, beyond this being a conversation, we're building a movement.